Hello, church, and welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. This week, Reverend Chrysalyn Durham is bringing us our sermon titled, To Every Season, Turn, Turn, Turn. She's preaching from the book of Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 44. And this is on Palm Sunday, which kicked off our journey through Holy Week as we prepare to celebrate our risen Savior on Sunday morning. There are many opportunities to join us for worship, both online and in person throughout the week. We have daily prayer services all week at noon. Those are streamed on Facebook and YouTube. At 7 p.m. Thursday night, we will have our Monday Thursday Tenebrae service, which is one of my personal favorite services of the year. And at noon on Friday is our Good Friday service. On Sunday morning, we will have five opportunities to join us in worship. We will have a sunrise service in the West Field. We'll gather at 6 a.m. for coffee and donuts and then the service will start at 6.30. We'll have music and scripture and Holy Communion as the sun rises. Masks are expected. Bring your own chair. We will also have four other worship services on Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.30. In both our Family Life Center and our sanctuary, we will have our worship services. So the modern worship service is in the Family Life Center and the traditional worship service is in the sanctuary. We are asking that you pre-register for the indoor services. So visit fumcm.org slash register to sign up. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry with us here at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. Would you pray with me this morning? Loving and holy God, we are grateful. We are grateful to be in this place, and we are ready, O oh God. Open us up, challenge us, inspire us, make us new in your sight. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Amen. This morning, we find ourselves entering Jerusalem. While many of us have probably lived this time of Lent, this time of reflection, many of us have been here before. Maybe you were sitting in the same seat that you're sitting in now, or maybe it was a completely different building and time. But we have walked this road before. We have walked with Jesus from the Mount of Olives. We have heard Jesus tell the disciples to go and get a colt. We have been in the crowd shouting, Hosanna. We have felt the tension of the space. Yet here we are again. We're walking this path, especially moving into Holy Week knowing exactly what comes next. The question is, are we really paying attention? Are we allowing ourselves to really engage with this story? 
Are we allowing ourselves to step out of everything that we think we know about this story and hearing it as though we have never heard it before? When I was in college, I took a Bible study called Disciple One my sophomore year. At the informational meeting before the study began, Bud, our campus minister, looked at all of us and said, from this point forward, we only know what we will have read. We began in Genesis. And there's something that took place. Each time that we would have a conversation, it almost always led to Jesus because it's a given, right? It always leads to Jesus. But when it did, Bud would look at us and say, but we don't know that part of the story yet. This idea gave me a new perspective. It allowed me to understand more fully, not that I will ever fully understand, but it also allowed me to simply be present in the story without having to read in to what happens next. So this morning, I want to invite you to do the same. As the scripture is read, I invite you to close your eyes. Don't fall asleep on me. And take a deep breath. And hear the scripture as though you were living it. Put yourself in the disciple's shoes. Allow yourself to feel the tension in the space. Hear the story as though you don't know what happens next. So go ahead, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and hear these words from Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 44. After he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as they, he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that had been seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, if you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. 
Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave within you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. This is the word of God for us today. You may open your eyes. When I was growing up on this day, this particular Sunday, Palm Sunday, it was always a day that seemed exceptionally exciting. Yes, it's the Sunday before Easter, but it was almost just as joyful as the following Sunday would be. Many years ago, though, I experienced Palm Sunday for what it is to me now, a precursor to all that would take place in the six days between Palm Sunday and Easter. It is no longer just a day full of excitement. It is also a day filled with tension, a tension between celebration and sorrow, between expectation and reality, between humility and arrogance, between joy and anxiety and attention, between vulnerability and being shielded. While this tension most definitely exists every day of our lives, because let's be honest, we live in this both and tension every day. But Holy Week and this particular set of scriptures leads us to a particularly uncomfortable place. M. Scott Peck once wrote, the truth is that our final moments, our finest moments, are most likely to occur when we're feeling deeply uncomfortable, unhappy, or unfulfilled. For it is only in such moments, propelled by our discomfort, that we are likely to step out of our ruts and start searching for different ways or truer answers. So this morning... Rather than skirting the discomfort, because I know no one likes to be uncomfortable, let's lean into it. Let's talk about it. Our scripture this morning began with a sentence that, in my opinion, made a turn from teaching for Jesus towards purpose for Jesus. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. It's at this point that everything becomes uncomfortable, even more so than before for those who walked with Jesus. The tension rose with Jesus riding into the city on a donkey, fulfilling scripture. The tension rose with the people greeting Jesus in a way that they would have greeted a war hero. The tension rose when Jesus told the Pharisees that he would not stop the people from crying out. And the tension would continue to rise over and over again in the coming days that would eventually lead to his death. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. 
As I studied this week, the question that kept coming to my mind is why does this text make me so uncomfortable? This is what I found. We are the people shouting praise as Jesus enters into Jerusalem. But the discomfort comes and recognizing that we are also the people shouting crucify him just days later. To me, there are two important aspects at play in this crowd. First, it doesn't take long for one person, if it's an influential person especially, for their thoughts and opinions to become the thoughts and opinions of the crowd present. We see this in this movement of the week as the Pharisees continually put out thoughts at just the right moments to the crowds of people making them question and eventually joining forces to crucify Jesus with their voice alone. The second and probably most important, Jesus is not who they expected. With all of the things that the people had heard, they understood this Jesus to be the king of the Jews. They expected a king. They expected a Saul, a David, a Solomon. They expected that once he came into the city, he would move towards overthrowing the Romans, those who had the power at the time, to make them victorious over their enemies. They expected deliverance and peace, which to them meant radical reordering and transformation of their society. Yet the tension is that he rode into the city on a donkey. He came into the city in a humble way, not the typical way. The tension is Jesus seemed to like to challenge authority, but it wasn't always in the way that they thought he needed to challenge authority. He was challenging their religious authority, not the people in position of power. He stood up for the woman who was about to be stoned. He ate with those who were considered lowly in the society. He touched those who would be unclean. Yet the tension of peace and deliverance isn't always about what we think that it is about. Jesus did not meet anyone's expectations. I think one of the reasons why this text causes discomfort is because like that crowd, Jesus isn't always what we expect. Jesus doesn't conform our wildest hopes or conform to our opinions of true religiosity. He disappoints us. Or as David O'Bells writes, many of most of us, most of the time, One, a God who promises a nice house, a great job, a spiffy car, marvelous friends, and joy, 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 always in worship. It causes discomfort because it reminds us that we can have this idea that our perspective of the world may not be the same as God's. An altar of the world, Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor, writes these words. 
The problem is many of the people in need of saving are in churches. And at least part of what they need saving from is the idea that God sees the world the same way they do. Jesus did not come to confirm all that the Pharisees said to be true. Jesus came to turn what we always thought about God on its head. Jesus did not come to make our lives comfortable. In fact, following Jesus, actually living into the call to love God and love your neighbor is one of the most difficult, radical, humbling, and uncomfortable things that we can ever do in our lives. Palm Sunday causes us discomfort because in some ways it shows us how often we misinterpret God's love as well as our love of God. The true measure of our love must comprise the capacity to extend ourselves in real acts of compassion toward the afflicted, forcing us to come out of ourselves, to be uncomfortable. This is where there is always tension. The road into Jerusalem on that day that begins what we know as Holy Week is only the beginning. In the words of Reverend Taylor, it is in this week that we are being invited and asked to endure the story of the death of Jesus in living color, in gory detail, and we are asked to walk with him and his disciples every step of the way. Each year, we are asked to forget about what we know will take place on Sunday morning and to simply live into the moments at hand. Because it is in those moments when we allow ourselves to be fully present in the events of the week that we might learn something new but it will also allow us to experience hope in a way that either we have forgotten or even a hope that we have never known before. And it is also in this presence that we can live into our discomfort, a place that often leads to growth. Toward the end of our scripture, we find these words. If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace. This peace is Christ. A time to gain, a time to lose, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time for love, a time for hate. A time for peace, I swear it's not too late. This is our season to turn. Turn towards the discomfort. Turn towards the recognition in our own lives where we have failed to live into who God has called us to be. Turn towards the week ahead. Be uncomfortable. Live into it. Embrace it. And remember that even in death, there is a light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. 
Amen.